this is Drew here. I want to welcome you on to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down 122.1, and we are continuing and finishing our playthrough of Finding Paradise. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. And yeah, we uh, left off, we finished the bird story, and then we moved on to uh, Finding Paradise, um, following our uh, technicians. Uh, taking on another case, another job. And I think these games, I like the, uh, the simplicity of just kind of the gameplay, but also this idea of, of moving through people's memories and trying to figure out what they want out of life. That, that, right. that combination of two things makes this a very relaxing game to play. Yeah, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't very skill intensive, um, I I will say this though, you, where were you playing this on, Matt? I was playing this on a laptop, in a variety of places. Sometimes at a desk, sometimes in bed. Um, but always on this laptop. Gotcha. So I exclusively played this game in a hotel room on my Nintendo Switch. You gotta say that would be a little bit more comfortable because. The one issue I had while playing this was trying to reach over the trackpad on this laptop because the only buttons you use are up, down, left, right, and then spacebar. Right. And, you know, playing this in bed or at a desk, I never was able to sit back and play it because I had to care where my, my fingers were. I couldn't right. just, like automatically mold them to a controller where you really wouldn't have to think about that at all. Um, so, so yeah, it wasn't my favorite to play it on a laptop, but it, it definitely did the job. I'm going to be honest with you, it wasn't my favorite to play this on the Switch. <laughs> Why is that? I feel like you would have solved all the problems I had. So, <laughs> here's the thing. I even used a Pro Controller. So, there's two things that... that quite a lot. Yeah, I love my Pro Controller. And the battery life on that thing, that, that thing will last 50 hours. It's so it's good. The battery lasts forever, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the issue I had was, and I found this out later on, um, the Switch version of this game is a different version of the game. Because I went back and looked at some footage and saw on YouTube people playing the PC version. It physically looks different. So there is there is a different look to everything. I immediately have to look this up. Yeah. Um, and the Switch version, unfortunately, has some major game-breaking glitches. Um, there were times where I couldn't interact with things. There were times where the game would just freeze and I would have to start over. So toward the end of this game, when you're doing your, your RPG fight, yeah. um, there was a part where the dog shows up and uh, every time the dog showed up, the game would just freeze. Oh, jeez. But it wasn't like a freeze where, you know, like back in the day whenever you're playing a game and the game would just freeze and sometimes it would freeze like on a tune and it would be like, eh, like that. 
Yeah. It was it wasn't like that. Everything was still normal. Music was still playing. It was almost like it was just it wasn't taking my inputs, but no matter what I did, nothing would work. And I was just like, "What the hell?" And this happened like five times. Um but that fight it, mostly or, or kind of sporadically throughout the second the, half of the game? That fight most certainly happened at the exact same moment. Um, Rude dog. The, yeah, it was the dog. Because if you, you, if you thought about the dog and it faded from existence or whatever, it would just like hard lock. Or it was like soft lock almost. Like I couldn't do anything. Um, And there were a couple other times where there was a time where we were going through a memory and there was a guy who was banging on a, a vending machine and I talked to the guy and then after I finished talking to him, I couldn't move. It was like I was stuck. And that one was an issue because when I restarted the game, I was back about five memories and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Oh jeez. Yeah. yeah. I had to I replay really about sure 20 minutes this game. Yeah. That happened to me once in a bird story because there were like five sections and I I think you can only start at the beginning of each of those five sections. Yep. So it didn't happen to me here, but I also, I feel like the memories were pretty short in this game and I saved every couple of memories and also I guess most uh, fortuitously I did not have any game breaking bugs. Yeah, I, I most certainly saved after every memory after that. Because I was like, I'm not doing this again. I had to, I had to replay like 20 minutes of the game, and I was just like, Are you freaking kidding me? I did that the one time, and that was plenty. But I, I guess I would take uh, awkwardly holding a laptop over game breaking bugs. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Back to the story. I can't remember where we left off. Um, just and... one last thing on that. In, in retrospect, I wish I had just synced up a controller, Bluetooth controller. And done it that way. Yeah, you probably could have. I'm sure. I, I've i had good luck with the Series X controller connecting to this laptop. So, that would have solved my problems as well. But, um, yeah, leaving off, I can't remember where we were. In fact, I'm not going to go through every memory here because, ooh, man. There's a lot to unpack. Um, the one thing I will say is that um, the technicians start to realize because they, they, they saw at the beginning that they started old man, child, and then they go back to old man. And they realize that we're jumping farther away from the periods like normally they go from old to middle age to young to child. Um, but this one was almost like a spiral. Like they were being sucked down. It's no longer that reverse linear sequence, but it, it's funny that I, I think in the game they actually called it like a decaying orbit. Yeah. Which I love that phrase in this game because it's so evocative, right? Like you could say a spiral and that, that doesn't actually imply anything, but a decaying orbit sounds worse. Sounds bad. Yeah, sounds it bad. sounds like once you get to the middle, you're not going to be happy. And so yeah. I just, 
I think they mentioned that in the game, and I was like, oh, that is that is such a little bit of foreshadowing. I love that that's the that's the way they described that spiral. I loved it. Yeah. So um, they realized that, so they're thinking something probably, you know, in the middle of his life changed him drastically. Which I also just love because, you know, thinking about decisions in life and where you are, you made good decisions, you made bad decisions, but imagine something being such a big factor of your life that every other part of your life revolves around it. You know, a single before and after. Yeah. You know, at that point, I didn't know what it was, didn't didn't really have a, a good guess, but I'm just intrigued by anything that would define his life so strongly that it messes up this entire technology of traveling backwards through his memories. Yeah. Like, you, it's just such a good setup for what actually happened you know it, it raises quite the mystery there for his life yeah so the things we start to notice are that in his older years everything seems to be pretty good you know it's he seems to be happy you know he's got his wife and his child and um uh when we go back to his childhood we see that um he met a young girl the same age as him um and kind of befriended her she was she was a little bit more outgoing sarcastic kind of thing kind of like the opposite of colin um them I, you know you know ahead. pushed him to do do new things and you could see how they were kind of an opposite to track type of scenario and they unlikely friends i guess but um, you know, definitely, definitely had a bond that you see yeah. over and over again. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's the big thing is it's always this, this girl is always pushing him to, to do something. You know, like I, I'll keep walking up the mountain or up the hill kind of thing, or you should, uh, try going out to be a pilot. You know, you want to fly? Well, go get your pilot license. And he started at a young age. I think he was probably like 10 or 11. He went to go work at this little small airport and um, met met the, the mob boss, apparently. <laughs> I mean, that, that's one of the things. The game does have a, a, a nice, lighthearted sense of humor. It's yeah. kind of funny him being in there like, on this, the day of my daughter's first flight. Yeah. And he wears like a tuxedo and a yeah. fedora. And it's just like, okay, gotcha. I love that the uh, I love that the technicians kind of comment like this is probably his memory just you know it's gotten a little fuzzy in time and this is just the way he remembers it it's not the reality of it yeah but um yeah um and uh yeah so he's we we were obviously we're jumping back and forth uh to and we're getting closer and closer. So now we're jumping instead of old man Colin, we're now jumping to middle aged Colin. And then we jump to teenage Colin. Then we jump to, you know, twenty something Colin. You know, and um in between there we see like the birth of his child. We see him learning how to fly, learning to get his pilot license and stuff like that. Um and 
we start to notice that one thing that we we see in the younger years that we don't see in the older years is his childhood friend. Um, Matt, what is her, her name? I can't think of it. What? Faye. Faye. I was, I, I, for some reason I kept thinking May, but it's not May, it's Faye. Faye. Um, and of course, you know, everybody's thinking like, oh, well, it's kind of obvious that he's friends, which would probably butt into a romantic relationship when he's a teenager, but she's obviously not there at all. Everybody's, you know, we're speculating, well, they must married Sophia. That must be the, which is interesting because it's, you know, he talks about don't disrupt my life that much. You know, I, I, I want you to go back and change things, but don't change my current life. Yeah. And so you would think you can't do the one thing that you might think you should do here, which is put him on this alternate life path where he was with Faye rather than Sophia. Right. And so we're thinking that's like his big regret is that he didn't end up with Faye and he wasn't happy with his marriage with Sophia. Um, so we're like, okay, well, there's a couple options we can do here. We can make him forget about Faye or we can have him have a new life with Faye. But the easier thing to do would be just erase Faye out of his memory. So we kind of come to that conclusion. Weird amount of power to have given these technicians, right? Yeah. Imagine if they had chosen the other option and on his deathbed, he just doesn't remember his wife or his child. Right. Like, and they were like, well, we thought that's what you wanted. Yeah. And, and there's no going back now. He's dead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, you start to get into the, the logistics of this and it doesn't make much sense. Things, I don't know. Maybe they touched on it a little bit right at the end, but do they have any readout of whether it worked? That's a good question. Because if they don't, I mean, they could literally just go in there, do nothing, and just call every one of them a success. <laughs> They've got to have some kind of feedback at the end that says, I don't know, some kind of last memories were happy or not. I don't know. That's a good question. I would assume that they have some kind of like, I don't know. It's not like the it's not like Total Recall where you actually come out of it and you, you you're talking about these memories and vacations and stuff that you've had as if they were yours and you know you spend the rest of your life reminiscing about these alternate memories. Here you don't have a rest of life to ruminate on them. So how how does anyone actually know? Good question. I don't know. Maybe they get a special printout at the end that says that you're a success or not. <laughs> Positive brain waves or something. Yeah. Um, I think bet- they also say he could live like a whole lifetime in a moment. Well, that's what they, they say. Your whole life yeah. flashes before your eyes whenever you die, right? Yeah. So I, I guess as long as they're in there with <laughs> five minutes to spare, they can they can technically do what they need to do. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, in between this, um, we do get a couple of snippets of what's going on in the real world outside. Um, uh, God, the, the lady brings the papers that we're supposed to sign finally. And she tells Neil that, hey, um, I know what you did. You have altered the machine that they use for, uh, you know, J- yeah, Roxy, Roxy. And, um, it's, you've, you've taken off like multiple safety protocols, I think is what she said. So and it's, I don't know, I don't know how explicitly they said this, but it was, he did that so that he could be more powerful within those memories, right? I think that was the case. When he the, kept doing his 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 power up moves. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think that's what they kind of alluded to, but they never actually came out and said it. Yeah, yeah that was my my recollection as well. I, but that that was the sense that I got is that he loosened it so he could be a little bit more godlike within this these scenarios. Right. But um. So when when and Neil pushes they, for some reason they really push the the thing that Neil has to go get his pills. I don't know if he's suffering from something. They never actually go into it. Yeah, uh, you get a weird little like walk back to the car where every once in a while the screen flashes red. Yeah. Which, obviously, he's in some kind of pain, but yeah, they never touch on it again, really. One of the last games will be going through his dying wishes. <laughs> Possibly. Um, makes me think of. Have you ever seen the movie The Final Cut? Final Cut. I don't think so. Um, pretty sure Robin Williams is in it, and it's almost like a Black Mirror episode. Uh, everybody has implants in their brain that records everything that they see. And that was a pretty good fight. That was a pretty good episode, actually. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, this came out, God, years ago. Um, and yeah, he's a what they call a cutter. And he's he does not have the implants in him. And he is allowed to cut these people's memories. And he they like they use them for like at the funeral when somebody dies. Like he can see like you know, your greatest hits kind of thing and stuff like that. Um, it's a, it's a very strange movie, but, um, that was awesome. Though. Now it was, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, it reminds me of that a little bit. Um, but yeah, while we're out of the simulation playing as, as Dr. Watts, um, we leave Dr. Rosaline in there. And when we come back, because we're getting phone calls from her saying, hey, you need to get back up here. I think I figured out what's going on. And when we make it back, she's nowhere to be found. I'm like, okay. She also asks you to look for Faye for like the the death record, right? Yeah, look for a death record because there's a reason why she's not around anymore. So let's look up for look up a death record to see. Did she pass away? Did she move to another country? We don't know. For, for so we, half a second, I started to imagine this game was a lot darker than it was. 
And I'm like, oh, what did he do? This is the kind of thing that would really cause that black hole in his life. I mean, obviously, he's not that kind of a guy, and there would have definitely been some repercussions in his later years, but if he had accidentally or otherwise caused her death... But, obviously, obviously, this isn't that type of game, so... <laughs> it that's was a I... short-lived thought, maybe, that he had done something to her yeah that's what i was thinking too was like they they went on like a a plane ride and he crashed the plane and she died and he survived or something like that but that uh that didn't happen turns out not to be the case <laughs> no the, the the case is is something i did not know was coming um when we get back to the memories can't find dr rosaline and Neil's just kind of looking around trying to figure it out. And then he realizes that the memory, there's something inconsistent about it. And everything should be frozen, but there's something that's not. And it happens to be Faye. And Faye is basically not a memory. Um, and it's revealed that Faye is not real. Um, she is basically an imaginary friend to Colin. He was never going to run away with her. That was never, that's apparently not what he's wishing, and it's also not ever would have been possible. Yeah. She's not the other woman. She doesn't exist. She is Colin, basically. Um, and she knows what they're doing. Because she says, oh, I heard you guys talking about me. And you guys are wanting to erase me from Colin's memory. Well, that's not going to happen. And somehow <laughs> she, I guess, kind of turns the... Because Neil messed with the safety protocols, she can also manipulate them too. So she is basically taking over. And I was thinking, oh, we're, we're getting a, a little ghost in the machine thing here taken over I'm, I'm glad that we played a bird story because having seen how he was as a child her being made up just it's that kind of a twist where you're like oh I didn't really see that coming but now that you've told me it makes perfect sense yeah right and they always say that's like the best kind of a twist it's not just out of left field that's exactly in keeping with Colin's behaviors yeah. So I, I thought that was a, a really nicely done change of pace here in the game. Well, yeah, he's he's a latchkey kid. He has to kind of make up his own entertainment, that kind of thing. And he just made up a friend. And he modeled the friend. So I, I, I'm sure you picked up on this a little bit. Um, but a bird story actually happened. His first real friend was that little bird that he nursed back, right? Which is why you sometimes see Faye looking almost like an angel with wings. I think he modeled Faye after his first friend, the bird. Yeah, which is a little weird. It's very strange. Yes. Um, but there, yeah, you, you'll see her sometimes with just you know with wings, looks like an angel almost. He says something about like his his first friend ever. Yeah. Referencing, I guess, the bird. Mm-hmm. 
but she's uh Faye's not having any of this and is uh wanting to basically get rid of the doctors get them out of here and we realize yeah, that it's, this is, it's me or you yeah and the thing is is like we realize it's actually Colin you know this is Colin doing this it's not a rogue AI or anything like that um, well, and she it's keeps ba- making a lot of comments about like he doesn't want you here anymore yeah I know him he doesn't want you here and so it, it it's a little bit of a of a fine line is it just Colin or is it is it its own is Faye her own entity or is it right. just purely Colin at this point well, they even mentioned still... like they even mentioned they think that it is like does he have does he suffer from schizophrenia does he have you know a split personality kind of thing and Which um, I think they fully ruled out right they did rule it out um, they did because, because he was he, like aware yeah he was aware of yeah. it um but when you go into the memories where she quote still exists you know that's part of him basically so um we get a few we get a few little funny scenes where neil's like you know jacking himself up he gets like this long cut scene with him putting on this body armor yeah and then she shatters it immediately <laughs> and it's uh funny we, neil himself is a little bit delusional yeah yeah He's constantly coming up with pop culture references so that he can do cool stuff in somebody in somebody's memories. <laughs> but um yeah, um this is where we're trying to find Rosalind and we go through um basically we go to like the hub world where we've been connecting all these memories together and so you can travel from timelines. You know, young, old, that kind of thing, middle age. And we're trying to find her. Along the way, we're getting stopped by Faye. She shows up because we realize she's in all the memories. Um, you know, either in the background or something like that. So I did remember that one time when we were by the playground, I think, and you had that one darker shadow figure walk down the yep. street? Mm-hmm. And so then you're like, "Hey, it, it is you that was that was that shadowy figure." Yep. Um. And in between these sections, we're having to do different games. Mini games would be the best way to put it. Uh, if they were slightly more substantive, I'd call them mini games. I. I would just call them slight distractions at this point. Even yeah. the main thing that you have to do to like prepare the memento before yeah. you activate it, it got a little bit more interesting at the end, but not a lot. Yeah. Well, obviously, I, I don't think the developer of this game wants to get people stuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's definitely narratively driven, and these are these are I think just meant to change the pace a little bit rather than provide a challenge definitely sure so you there's like a a shooting like a side-scrolling shooter there's what looks like a fighting game um 
and then the final one. And shoot fireballs. Yeah. The uh, and then the final thing is the turn-based role-playing game. Um, that f- bro- broke my game for multiple uh, play sessions. Little rude dogs. Yeah. Um, and we go to basically every time we fight her, we go to she takes us to like this. I just kept thinking Fortress of Solitude, crystalline cavern. We don't know where this is, kind of thing. I was like, I haven't seen this anywhere in any of the memories. This isn't part of the program. I think Neil said it was his like developer space, right? Was that what it was? Yeah, he said, "Oh, this is my secret space. How did you get to it?" Right. So, um, eventually, Rosalind shows back up, and she's like, "I know how to fix this." <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, we are able to stop her, um, and I wouldn't say banish her away but what we're able to do is unlock the final memory the the center of this whole thing so we've been doing a decaying orbit we finally made it to the the epicenter what they depowered her by giving sedatives to colin right yes yes we we kind of relaxed him a little bit um so when we go to the the center, we see basically what happened. I think it was right before he got married to Sophia, right? Yeah, I think so. He had a conversation with Faye, and Faye even knew it at the time. She was like, you can't, I can't be around you anymore. And Colin reluctantly agrees. He has a hard time letting go. And as he did with the bird. Yeah. As he did with the bird. And basically they have their moment where you need to let me go. You have a fiance. You have your whole life ahead of you. You don't need me anymore. You know, the, you don't need this imaginary friend who's going to encourage you to do all this stuff. You can do it now on your own. And Colin basically agrees. And they both also have another agreement. At the end, I want you to come back one last time so I can tell you about all the things that I've done. Because yeah. I think at that point, he was telling her every day, here's what I did today. Here's what yep. I did today. And well, that's what, he's like, let's just do this one, one more time, but a big one. <laughs> yeah. That's why he was writing in the journal. So... That journal, which we figure out later on, um, he's been writing in this green journal that he's had for years since he was a kid. Of course, the pages are all blank. 
and you find out toward the end that uh um there was the little girl um at the beginning of the game where we kicked uh the bully's teddy bear into the <laughs> pond she she was friends with Mr. Colin and uh he uh he taught her how to do secret messages by uh writing in uh lemon juice the old the old classic way of writing a secret message right you ever actually do that when you were younger or I never recently? no <laughs> I don't think I've ever did that I did it when I was a kid the invisible ink technically worked i guess but i felt like if i'm remembering correctly if you could just get the light to shine on it the right way it was slightly more or less reflective so you could you could still kind of read it it would look invisible if you just did a quick flip through the pages but you could still kind of see what was written so it wasn't it wasn't as like super secret but right it it was still pretty cool getting it to show up with uh, adding the heat so, um, yeah, he's been writing to her, um, all these years, just nobody could read it. And, um, <clears throat> Didn't he we have, find like, a whole, like, room full of notebooks. I think, I can't remember. There was multiple. Maybe he, I know he had the one bookshelf in the attic, Yeah, but I think there was only the one journal on it, right? The rest of them were just regular books. I think so. I think so. But um we realized that the the last thing he had to, that he wanted for us to do while we really actually came here was to basically set up a meeting between him and his imaginary friend. And they they basically thought that that's why he didn't want us to change anything because he was actually happy with his life. He just wanted to meet his friend one last time so he could tell him all about it. Say goodbye. Yeah. Presumably it was just the, let's say natural aging process that prevented him from being able to call her back because he's just, uh, not doesn't have that mental flexibility he did when he was a kid. Yeah, potentially. Or maybe he just had to, like, you know, tap into his old memories. And so as the, um, as he is passing, the, the world is crumbling. All of it's falling down. And, um, that's when Rosalind's like, <laughs> the winning move is to not play, basically. So... We don't need to do anything. We've already done it. And so we leave the simulation and we see um, Colin um, meeting with Faye, much like how he did when he was a child, um, basically across his apartment over, over the balcony. And he says all the stuff that's happened since I, you know, stopped talking to you. And Faye's like, I already know all about it. So I was there the whole time. Yep, I was there the whole time. 
And so they say their goodbyes. And he passes away. That's a finality. Yep. I don't remember the rest. I mean, I, I think that happens at the very, very end of the game. Like, obviously, we get out of the simulation, and we basically, you know, we're sorry for your loss and stuff like that. And we pretty much just, you know, our job here is done. We're going to leave kind of thing. And that's when we find out about the book and stuff like that while we're leaving. But um, the the final, final thing is him and her speaking to each other, saying goodbye kind of thing. And I beat this game and immediately got on the phone with my wife and called her and wanted to talk to her. <laughs> These are your regrets. Well, what would you that, change? Nothing. That's the thing. Is like I, I am who I am today because of the experiences that I've had. And... And I think I am a decent person. So who knows if I hadn't done a certain thing in my life, would I be the same person? Possibly, but you never know. And that's kind of where he, he is in the end, right? He's like, I'm happy. I don't want to change anything in my life. Yeah. Because we're, we're, as we're traveling through his memories, we see th- certain things where, oh, this is a regret, and this is a regret. And he really didn't have any. Like they, like the guy writing, will you marry me? You know, he, he misspelled it. And he's like, oh, that's, that's got to be a regret. Or when they're on their honeymoon, he spills uh, a drink and has to clean it up. And, oh, there's a regret. You know, there's multiple things that we write down as these are regrets that he doesn't like. But they're all small things. They're all... You know, they're all things that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, who cares? You know? You become those memories that make your life unique. Exactly. And he didn't want to change them. I I, I like that. It's a nice ending. Nice, nice thorough ending. Um, I don't really get how Faye was able to be independent in that way in the way she was I get that he had an active imagination I get that he had an an imaginary friend that you know that he spent a lot of time with and then at some point mentally by himself slash through her as the imaginary friend realized he was going to grow up and you know take things in a different direction and no longer spend time with his imaginary friend but how 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 did any of that allow her to interact with them because I would imagine any mind that they go into any set of memories you know like let's say let's say Colin actually had killed a woman when he was younger certainly his mind would want to I don't know, prevent them from knowing that or 
you know, or, or change it in some way, but I, I don't get the sense that there was ever a point in the past that the memories themselves acted on the technicians. Sure. So is that maybe that's just a purely hand wave, like that doesn't matter. That's just part of the mystery of making her look more real so that it was more of a twist when she was an imaginary friend. But is there any sort of in-game logic to I don't think so. Her being sentient, if you will. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think so if we're being honest. Okay, it's just a or just a technique of the creator, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll explain it in the next game. But I'm not sure. Because I I don't think it has anything to do with the modifications that Neil made, right? I think those modifications only allowed her to become powerful, but they didn't like create her as a sentient memory. Sure. I don't know. I, I yeah, that's a good question. It, 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 yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like why? Like if that's the case, we could just straight up just talk to Colin, you know, any of his memories, and be like, "Hey, I'm in your brain right now." But you know, it seemed like the only one that we could do was the the newest memory. And they didn't really give a reason why that one worked either. Other than that's his most recent memory. So we could talk to it. Huh. I don't know. The other thing I thought a lot of at the end of this game was how you perceive Colin, the, let's say, eight-year-old with the bird versus the let's say 20 year old who still has an imaginary friend versus the adult who still must fondly remember those old days because he kept the notebook around. Sure. But no longer engages in that kind of, uh, gymnastics to assume that the friend is real. I don't know. I feel like if it were even, let's say, the 80s, and, and maybe this is just my perception, I feel like if it were not 2023, the 20-year-old Colin would have had a tough time. Being the kind of outcast, talks to his imaginary friend as a quote-unquote adult, like to hope that as a society that type of behavior would be slightly more accepted now and that he wouldn't maybe have been as shunned as he would have been let's say in the 80s sure I don't think he ever actually revealed this to anybody I agree I don't think he did either so I mean I don't know maybe he, maybe like even the conversations were in his head. Like he wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, was he just like drooling and staring at a wall then? Maybe I mean, he was he doing, was... he was doing his own thing and, you know, in yeah. his head, having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. I mean, that, that happens a lot in TV shows, right? Where people 
um, you know, people are either, you know, let's say it's a murder mystery or an old friend. You, you'll often see that type of a dynamic where there's someone sitting there who, who isn't actually there. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's not that weird, but he, he was also, I mean, somewhat well-adjusted to society, becoming a pilot and flying people around and having a career and marrying somebody and playing the cello and as part of the band. So, I mean, he did a lot of things. It wasn't like he was purely a loner who never could adjust to society. Yeah, I think it was just that was his coping mechanism. You know, maybe he realized it was him. I mean, I think he knew all along it was him that was encouraging himself. But he just did it in his own way. He he believed it was somebody telling him to do this stuff, not him doing it. I I could certainly imagine it would be easier to do something if you thought someone, or if you could imagine someone else telling you to do it. Right, sure. You are your own worst enemy, as they say. So, but um, we do have multiple emails. Um, We've got three. Yeah. Nice. Uh, the first one, yeah, right. So uh, people, people are excited about this one. Um, the first one comes in from a old listener, somebody we haven't heard from in a while. Uh, if you remember Mookie, Mookie's back here. Oh yeah. He says, uh, "Hey stranger, finding paradise." I said, "What's up, everyone?" It's been years since the last time I sent an email, so here we go. First of all, I want to talk about my experience playing this game. The first time I played it, I was personally, I personally think that I prefer the first one. Fast forward to my second run, it was after I got married and realized that I preferred this one over to the moon. Why or how? Well, life. I realized that experience and time are good teachers because in different phases of your life you'll evolve and have new or different opinions on what you've learned before life's pretty much a journey i remember when i tweeted something concerning to the crew for the first time and the first person who reached out to me was drew i actually appreciate that i actually appreciated that but wasn't good on how to respond on on how to respond or if I was even right because I still uh, because I was still in the middle of my silent suffering to be honest I want to let everyone know especially to the ZTGD crew that I'm divorcing my soon-to-be ex-wife it turns out that my mental health wasn't okay and sharing it with people who can't handle me didn't help Gaming has been a part of me since I put my hands on the Atari 2600. It gave me a chance to escape from my real-life challenges on every stage of my life. And listening to you guys, I found comfort and, and somewhat friendship at a certain level. From hearing you guys married and got some uh, kids to losing someone you guys care, still my condolences drew to your mom. Sorry I didn't tell you this on time because of my inexcusable mental issues. 
I don't like hearing friends losing their parents because I couldn't handle it when I lost mine back in 2014. My late dad, I tried to revive him in bed and I even tried to carry his dead body outside the house to call for help as I inched my way to the nearest hospital, but it was too late and it was hard for me to accept. We don't see each other eye to eye and we have occasional fights here and there, but the fact still remains. He's my dad and regardless of it all, I love that idiot till this day. Post-death, I got married. I started to think more about him because of the things he said before uh, were starting to creep up, and I learned to understand and admire him and hate less. But I had to let this marriage go. It's not going to make my dad happy to know that I've been nothing but more uh, nothing but more submissive to my wife and less of a man of the house. But I'm trying to make some sense of this with the game you guys are playing, so here we go. Despite the girls who came and went in my life, a little piece of my heart was taken from them, and I started to feel a bit less of myself and more of a broken man. I may have I may have let go of a certain the one, but God knows. And this game's conclusion is where it hit me harder than I ever had from my first run was whoever I'm going to end up with until the end of my life may or may not be the one who I wanted with. But I needed it because in God's time and will that I'm going to turn out fine. Regrets suck, especially when I sometimes wish that I could just take them all with me and lift them up. Uh, But I had to learn to let uh, let go and through life I did. Let's just say I'm trying to pick up the pieces right now. And as I do, I smile whenever I listen uh, to hear you guys every week and know that you guys are okay. I just wonder how things are going to end with me, but I can't stop and wonder all day. I got to shape them one way or another. At least my mom finally became a grandmother last year, and that somehow gave me this spark that maybe... He can give me a reason to fight on and give a better future for him. And about relationships, God knows, to be honest. I still have to process my legal papers uh, to end my current destructive marriage. Thank you guys for keeping up the show. It gives me solace and content. Maybe someday I can type more and hurt less. Go play this game who didn't play this. I'm going to try the third one and see what's up. It's been a long time running until you finally, until you guys finally played this one. I hope it's not going to take that long to try the next. Thank you all for being there. I know you guys won't consider it, but to me, you are all good friends whom I will never meet in person. If it's me, a little image of paradise would be hearing you guys talking about games all day and having some good food and drinks to end the day with no limitation because of our physical state. Well, thank you for that email. And um, there's a lot there. And Thanks. That's, a, that's a quite the powerful email. Absolutely. Um the thing is, and this is one thing I've always I've, I've learned, especially in my older age. Now, granted, I'm not that old, but 
you start to realize you have your own life, you know, right? And, you know, you're every day, go home, go to work, you know, make dinner, that kind of thing. And what you do in between that day, you know, it's it, it, it engulfs your entire life. It's easy to see another person and and just be like, that's just another person. That's just that's just uh, somebody who's in my life. You know what I mean? And as I got older, I started to come to the conclusion that that person is not just a person in my life. I'm also a person in their life. And they have their own things going on. You never know what goes on in somebody's head and what goes on in somebody's life. And there's tons of things out there, struggles and happiness and and disappointment and sadness, all that stuff. Um, one person is just as complex as how I see myself. And to think that there's so many billions of people out there in this world that have the same complexities as I do in my life, it's huge. And it makes you start to appreciate people um, more. Absolutely, and because you don't always see what yeah. their, compl- their complexity or all the things they're dealing with. Right. And, you know, I started noticing it because I've been doing a lot of traveling, right? Past few past few weeks, I've been driving six hours to my 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 home base down in Florida, and I'm on the highway, right? And I couldn't tell you how many thousands of vehicles pass by me, and I pass them. Every one of those vehicles has somebody in it who has just as a complex life as I do, and. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in a car for six hours driving. I start to think about that stuff. And it's like, how little am I in the grand scheme of everything on this planet? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the, um, the other thing it's, it's impacted me on is the, you know, the, the, the stranger who's having a bad moment. Right? Like yesterday, I was at a CVS. And somebody was like super rude. And it it's all of this idea of like, look, they were rude, but I am not going to pretend that I understand any of what they're going through at the moment because I have no idea. It's, yeah. a, it's a random stranger. And so deeper in my past, I would have dwelled a little bit more and been like, what an asshole. I can't believe this. This is bullshit. Why do people act this way? But now, you know, I feel like I shrug it off a lot more. And I'm like, look, everybody's got a bad day. Some people have a bad day every day. Yeah. Um, You know, and as much as, let's say, I don't want a stranger to be rude to me. Like, I was very, the, the inconvenience in my life was incredibly small by one person being rude. But for someone to act out or lash out. Yeah, they may be going through a whole lot more than that, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So I tend to not dwell on other people's actions nearly as much as I used to. 
Yeah. That's that's a really big one too. Like you, like you never know what is going on in somebody's life. And that's one of the things that, that I have, you know, kind of molded myself around, especially when like you know, I'm in a, a supervisor position. And trust me, I've had I've had people straight up just yell at me about stuff and I'm like, This person is obviously not mad at me. They're mad at a situation. They're probably got a lot of stuff going on. And you gotta be understanding of that. And and I still I still stick to it. I still stick to it to this day. Like I had like I don't know if a lot of people know this. Um I think I've said it before, but like before I met my wife, I was with a woman for many years who struggled with a lot of stuff. Mental health issues and alcoholism and drug abuse. And it was a very destructive relationship that I couldn't, I couldn't fix. And so I separated myself from that. And yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not afraid to say it, but I mean, my ex-girlfriend killed herself and I dealt with that for years and it, it, I mean, it screwed me up for a while. And I look back at it now, now that I'm married. And I think I waste my time. Was that, was that just time wasted? And I think it's not. Because as I said at the beginning of this episode, everything that has happened in my life has either taught me something or gave me an experience that molded me to the person that I am today. And I wouldn't take any of that back. I've seen a lot of stuff in my day. I've went through a lot of crap. And not all of it was good. There was a lot of bad in there. You know, I... I I held my mother's hand as she passed away in front of me. I watched it happen. And you know something funny? As that was happening, my phone rang. And you know who it was? It was Matt Quinn calling me. <laughs> and you you are the first person that I called after my mom passed away. And I will never forget that you, and I mean, I'll say it in front of everybody who listens to this podcast. You are a great friend, Matt. I've known you for a very long time. And even though I have talked to you through a computer, most of the time, I did meet you one time at my wedding. You were one of my good friends and you know so much more about me than a lot of people do. So, and those kinds of things stick with you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, that, that was a hardcore thing that happened and it took me a while to get over it. And I don't think I'm ever going to be over it, but I have moved on from it. And that's what life is. Life is experiences that, that, that 
change you, hopefully for the better, and sometimes make you stronger. You know, I miss my mom every single day. No doubt. I wish she was here right now. I could talk to her. But, um, she wouldn't want me to dwell on that. If, if, if I, you know, there was a, a long time there, months where I was sitting there, you know, just thinking about that time, you know, thinking about when she was dying and it, it just stuck in a rut. And if my mom was there seeing me like that, you know what she would say? She was, she would say, Drew, stop it. Get over yourself and go on with your life. That's what she would want. That's what she would tell me. I know her mom. Yeah. She'd be like, stop, stop acting like this, you know? And I don't know. Like, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting mopey now, (laughs) but (laughs) I mean, but that's what this game does. I mean, the game really, I mean, it pushes, you know, to the moon and this one too. That's the things you start thinking about, you know, and like I, I think about like when I'm on my deathbed, you know, what's going to go through my mind? It's funny, the game itself is, you know, it's simple and this game in particular almost doesn't dwell on that kind of thing, right? I mean, a, a lot of what has just been mentioned is, is kind of heavy stuff. Colin didn't really have to deal with a lot of that in the end he didn't really have any regrets didn't have anything he would change maybe that's acceptance maybe you know maybe he maybe he never formed a lot of the bonds that that caused pain because he spent so much time in his in his head right there's a lot of different ways to take a game like this I think yeah you know and you (laughs) The whole phrase of I'd, I'd rather have loved and lost than have never have loved at all, right? In, in some ways, you know, I, I feel like maybe he did avoid some of those connections and avoid some of that pain and didn't have a lot of regrets in the end. Maybe because of it. Maybe not everyone's quite so lucky. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's, trust me, I've got plenty of regrets in my life, but at the end of the day... I accept them because it will tear you apart. You can't change them. Yeah. What's done is done. And, you know, I, there's a, there's an old saying that experience is a thing that you get right when you don't need it anymore. And that's true in a sense, but you know, it's one of those things of like, hey, you know, you experienced this. It may happen again. You know how you felt last time. Either be prepared to feel that way again or do something different. Life's a learning experience. Just, I'm hoping I'm doing the right thing. That's all I, that's all I can say. Do I know I'm doing the right thing? Absolutely not. You know, I just started a new job. I was I was I was doing the exact same job for sixteen years, and I just started a new job, and it 
terrified me. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. What am I doing? Am I crazy? But I did. And I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah. I, I feel, I feel more calm about it. You know, I'm, 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 I'm getting acclimated, you know, it's still taking time and it's still going to, it's, it's definitely going to take time. But in my 16 years working security, there were things that would pop up in, in year 16 that I'm like, I have never dealt with this before in my life. And you, you just got to handle it. You know, you just, you know, and it, it, it it didn't kill me, you know, and I don't think this job will either. So there's a lot going on, you know, like all this traveling and stuff. I never would imagine I'd be traveling back and forth to Florida five times. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I had never really traveled much in my life, and then I had a, a very intense period of traveling. I, it's funny because I feel like you spend a lot of time when you travel alone, but around people. Yeah. Right. Like traveling, you know, sitting in an airport, getting on a plane, getting off the plane, you know, going to work in different facilities. It's weird how, how many people you're around, but because they're not your normal people, you are kind of on your own a lot as well. And, um, you know, you get in some ways a lot more time to reflect on things. Yeah. You know, That's... those those nights alone in a hotel are, are much different than a night alone at home, I think. Yeah. it's There's a lot of thinking going on in my brain when I'm sitting there in that hotel. Granted, I don't know. The first My first week in my hotel was fine. It was quiet. The second week, not so much. Holy crap. I would just turn on my Switch and play Zelda. And I was like, please stop making noises. But, yeah, a lot of thinking going on past couple weeks. And with this game being quite thought-provoking, <laughs> I did I did a lot of that myself. So. I feel like I've had a similar response to both games in, in that way. Like, you, you really do. Not, not a lot of games, I feel like, it provide this kind of a, a, a backbone for re- reflection on your own life. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I said the first one a little better than this one, but yeah, you know, it, it's a real great point that the the more things you experience and and the more things you uh, come to think about, maybe later in life, maybe now, just at the current point in life, it's uh, it's hard to not be able to see some mirror images in the game and take more away from it. And I can imagine this would be a an amazing game to replay let's say in five years and just reflect that much differently on it based on all the things that have happened up until that point yeah definitely all right next email uh next email comes in from jamie it's a, a bird story and finding paradise kind of says hi guys so I've had finding paradise in my steam library since probably really close to when we played to the moon I'd like to say I'm glad you're playing it so I can get it off the to-be-played list, but, well, I just didn't like it very much. Oh, boy. And I may have been a teensy bit impatient and quit. I guess we should start with the beginning. I played a bird story first, and I really liked it. 
The music was great. The story was a bit sad, but also sweet. I kind of reminded me, it kind of reminded me of the movie Radio Flyer. Oh God, you talk about a a childhood movie that scarred me. Um, in case you haven't seen it, oh, we're going to go into it. A couple of brothers whose stepfather is beating them <laughs> make a plane out of a radio flyer wagon and try to fly it away. In the end, one manages to fly away in it, though as a kid I always assumed he ended up crashing and dying, and that was his way of ending the pain. It's dark. I guess I was a dark kid. But when the kid in this one was making imaginary flying paper airplanes and was clearly being neglected by their family, I kind of thought that's where this was going to. A kid becomes so neglected, they try to escape and accidentally fall to their death off the apartment building. So I guess it's a good thing I didn't write this game. (laughs) (laughs) While I didn't understand why the vet kept trying to get the bird away from them, are the wildlife rules really strict there? (laughs) Overall, I thought the story was sweet. I read plot summary for it, uh which explained that the bird made him open up and make friends, but I honestly didn't get that from the story. I got the typical, if you love someone, let them go trope. But I didn't mind that. Decent enough way to spend an hour or so. So I went back and listened to what I wrote to you guys about To the Moon. God, it was cringe hearing my old emails read out. It's like reading your old Facebook posts and wondering who was that person. (laughs) And you know, maybe it's relevant to this story because apparently I liked To the Moon and that's how I remembered it too. But as I got into Finding Paradise, I just had no interest. Actually, that's not true. I was mildly insulted. For a few reasons. Number one, if my husband signed up to have his memories altered before he died, you know I'm not sure what I'd do, but it wouldn't be good. I know it's just a story beat, but I found myself just being angry on behalf of the characters, even before it got to that point. Number two, what business does a game this silly have being so deep? I'm sitting here going through the motions and finding memories and mementos or whatever, changing my outfit so I look like a 70s pimp, and yet I couldn't stop thinking about the psychological, or excuse me, philosophical questions this game brings up why would i change anything in my life what decisions would i go back to would past me want to change things can i trust past me clearly not based on my old facebook post and phoenix down emails (laughs) i have just become old and grumpy have i just become old and grumpy maybe i didn't mind to the moon because the character whose life they were changing was alone and had seemingly lived an unhappy life So I guess morally, there really isn't anything bad in making him be happy in his last moments. Whereas this person had a family. Can you imagine sitting by your spouse's deathbed while they overwrote you? What business did he have asking to give him a fulfilling life without changing his family? Uh, Were they not fulfilling enough for you, you cello-playing airline pilot? 
Okay, I'm hungry while writing this, but that doesn't change the fact that it's giving me a lot of feelings. The truth is, I was getting a bit too worked up and annoyed playing this game, so I had to put it down. Maybe I'll try it again in a few years. Maybe future me will be a bit calmer about it. Hope you find this slightly amusing and live a life not worth overriding. Jamie. Well, unfortunately, Jamie... If you would have continued playing, you would see that that was not the case. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very much at that point in the story, like something that they focus on and something that I had the exact same thought. I'm like, man, if you're the wife, how awful would you feel hearing that your husband wants to overwrite their life? Yeah. Especially when even, you know, I, I think they bring it back up at the end and say, no, he was happy with his life. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the point. He didn't he didn't have any major regrets. And obviously it would cause his family members to worry. Um, and did he... He didn't tell them at that point even about Faye. Did his wife know about Faye? No, I don't think yeah, so. I don't, I don't think so. So that's kind of a, a deep-rooted secret that he had. That's all, all he wanted was to... to reconnect, reminisce with that childhood version of himself and, and Faye. Yeah. He but. he liked he liked his life so much that he wanted to tell his imaginary friend about it. That was that was it. So Yeah. Maybe continue it. <laughs> That's the only thing I can really say. Um I mean if you're listening to this you already know how it ends, so um. Yeah, I. I hate that it evoked that kind of feeling out of you. Um, which sure it 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 kind of posed that question. I mean, they even mentioned it multiple times. We saw multiple memories of his wife basically saying, "What the hell? Yeah. Why do you want to get rid of me?" You know. Um, but you know. That that obviously wasn't the case. So, but I appreciate the email. Hopefully, you'll try it. Go back to it and see how it all played out. Um, there's some pretty good memories in there. So, yeah, moments, moments in in his life. Yeah, I would say definitely give it a shot again, Jamie, if you would. But like you said, maybe in a couple of years you'll be fine with it. So. It's always in your Steam library, so you're you're always welcome to go back to it. And if you now know the ending, you know, maybe you'll play along with part three. There you go. And our final email comes in from Dustin. He says, Hey guys, after a hectic month of work and any free time spent on Zelda, I did finally put aside enough time to play through this game. My history with it starts with To the Moon. I heard so many good things about that game. I finally picked it up on a sale and was blown away by the emotional story it told. And I remembered it being one of the first games to make me tear up. After that, I wanted more. And not long after, a bird story came out. So I played that right away, and it was okay. I didn't have time to replay it before Finding Paradise, but I remembered bits and pieces and listening to the previous show, you guys helped fill in the blanks. I can't remember when I picked up Finding Paradise, but I was really excited and either 
you guys just did to the moon or were about to do it. So I decided to wait and play this until you guys did. And here we are. Sorry, it's been like four years. Starting out, uh, I was happy uh, to reacquaint myself with Dr. Watts and Dr. Rosaline. Uh, there is something about their banter and antics that uh, gives this game a certain charm that will make me smile every few minutes. It's a very linear game, but in each area there's usually a couple things off to the side you can interact with. Did you guys bug the guy in the other room while going to Colin's room? He kept worrying it was his time. I did do that. Uh, when you first head out. yeah, when you first enter his consciousness, you can customize your avatar, and later in the game, playing as Dr. Rosaline, you can find a hidden chest in the forest that has one of the socks you chose for her, and you can check again. You get the other sock. Yep, I did that too. They made the, they made the uh, the joke of backtracking in video games. I also love the random battle mechanics they throw in. It almost lost that RPG battle. I almost lost that RPG battle since I started with throwing my shoe. And when I got the dog on my team, I questioned his existence and he disappeared. Yeah, I did that too. And it locked up on me three times or five times. Uh, dumb stuff like that makes me smile. So the first part of the story, my theory was that Colin wanted to make his life feel fulfilled. Uh, was having grandchildren. That theory went out the window as soon as they jumped back in time and we met his neighbor. I then spent uh, the rest of the game conflicted and confused if we were supposed to have him marry his childhood sweetheart but keep his wife and son the same. Kind of find out she's just an imaginary friend. Eh, I was hoping for something better. The story did keep me engaged, but after the twist, I'm glad it wrapped up quickly. One thing I wanted to know was why did he write his journal in lemon juice if his wife was the one who showed that to him? Uh, why couldn't she figure it out? Also, what was so significant about the last song she played as a performer? Uh, they made an offhand comment about it, so I thought it would uh, get some sort of revelation on why it was chosen. I thought the game was good, but it definitely didn't hit me in the feels like To the Moon did. I'm still in all in with this developer, and I was surprised I never heard of the Sigmund mini-episodes. Uh, so I will have to track those down and see if there's more to that storyline with the tampered memory device. Also, I'm pretty sure Imposter Factory is the direct sequel to Finding Paradise, and it isn't a prologue game like a bird story, so whenever you guys want to do that, I'm in. Well, thank you for that email, Dustin. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I think in the end, I still, I still prefer to the moon over this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both, both this was, were very this was a good game, but the first one for me had a little bit more of a wow factor at the end. Of yeah. Like a, a, everything finally makes sense, and I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. But I enjoyed my time with this game, and it kept me busy while I was sitting in that lonely hotel room. But yeah, uh, thank you all for those emails. Those were those were great, and keep them coming. Keep them coming. If you would like to send an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. 
You can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, so, Matt and I had a discussion before we started recording. Um, I know our next game was supposed to be Greedfall, but unfortunately, my job is requiring me to travel probably for the next three months. And I'm talking home one week, Florida one week, home one week, Florida one week. I can't play Greedfall on the go. So we have decided to change it up a little bit. We will get to Greedfall. I promise. Um, But I need to do something portable. Because I'm going to be in a hotel room. So we have decided... Keeping with the theme, uh, we have decided that we're going to do a different game. So we have obviously played a Shin Megami Tensei game before. We played Persona 4. So we have decided we're going to do another Shin Megami Tensei game. After careful deliberations, which is aka rolling a dice to see what game we're going to play. Uh, we have decided on the 3DS game Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey. Um, so there was a th- there was a DS game called Strange Journey. They re-released it with extra content on the 3DS called Strange Journey Redux. So we're going to be playing that. Um, I know it's a uh, little unconventional we're changing stuff up like that but unfortunately i have to play something portable so we looked around and decided on that so if you would like to play along with us i have played strange journey before i never finished it i have never played the redux version i i did a big mass purchase of 3ds titles before the uh the store finally went offline and uh, all the Shimagami games that I could get my hands on, I went ahead and purchased and downloaded. Um, so it's there on my 3DS, and we're going to be playing through that. I will tell everybody, this game is kind of hardcore. Um, so be prepared. Uh, and we, we reserve the right to say, hey... This game is either A, too hard, or B, we're just not feeling it, and we're going to cut it out. Um, We're going to give it the old college try, as they say, but who knows? Um, I will be, I will gladly look at a fact (laughs) for this. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, that's going to be our next game, so we're going to start that up next week. Um, Yeah. Until this travel stuff ends, I'm I'm kind of limited on what I can do. But no, I'm excited. I mean, I, it's got a cool story at least. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, so I'm 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 looking forward to that. And it's a it's an old school turn based RPG uh, dungeon crawler. And I'm talking like old school Shin Megami Tensei dungeon crawler. So nice change of pace, I guess. But uh, that's gonna, yeah, me too. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut it off there. That'll be it for us this week. 
Um, like I said, I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you so much for those emails. Keep them coming. Like I said, especially if you're playing along with us uh, with Strange Journey. Um, I know it's kind of a niche title, but it's actually really good. I think I think uh, if you get into it, you'll really enjoy it. But until next time, I am Drew. I'm Matt. And we are out of here. You guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with the beginning of Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey. Do you ever look back at your life? Regret all the things you never did. If you could get a second chance to live it over again. Would you still end up here in the end? Soon we'll be saying goodbye Soon we'll be asking ourselves why Why does it feel like whenever we're happy We find something better that catches our eye Soon we'll be saying goodbye Soon we'll be asking ourselves why Finding paradise So much like saying goodbye
just before you leave and relive every single.